Knock, knock. Is the door unlocked? Well, I guess what's going on in here and start service then. Listen, I don't know what you're doing or what time it is, where you're at, but great day in the morning to you. To all the saints, sinners, winners, losers, contenders, pretenders, lovers, haters, friends, enemies, and frenemies. To the utmost, Jesus saves, but you still have got the base. Regardless of how it's going or how you feel about it, this is the day that the Lord has made. So let us rejoice. Let's switch it up and throw hands in it. Praise God. Coming to you live from a storefront church where you better shout if you want to stay warm because we're not turning the heat on because we ain't got no heat this is your main man your favorite rev your spiritual gangster because i cannot be a wankster yes it is i brody bowtie aka swank sinatra aka andre no stacks aka Brett preacher aka christian shade aka russell flexbrook aka come on bruh but my mama named me ken and my daddy gave me grace w is for welcome to the benediction where jesus is mine in the shade is divine the occasion on tonight the occasion on tonight is Megan McCain girl you better get somewhere and sit down and quit playing with us all right do that for us get somewhere and sit down Megan all right um I hope you guys have been enjoying um the podcast so far I'm trying to I'm still tweaking some stuff or whatever I'm about to do some bro announcements real quick I'm still tweaking some stuff or whatever so we're just gonna go with it until we can't go no more amen um yes as always you can follow me on twitter at brody bowtie you can follow me on instagram at brody bowtie i got a blog brody bowtie.wordpress.com need to buy that joint one day and uh you can even email a brother if you want to uh brody bowtie at gmail.com and then anchor uh the app that i use to record this was so kind enough to remind me that if you guys want to leave me voice messages for whatever reasons, um, all you got to do is hit up anchor.fm backslash the benediction backslash message. That's anchor.fm backslash the benediction backslash uh, message message. All right, so now that we've gotten the formalities out of the way, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into the choir room. You know, the choir room is the place where we talk about music. All right. um, nothing really new here for me. Uh, I'm still vibing to Kanye's Jesus is King, and um, it plays very well on Sunday mornings. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, it plays very well on Sunday mornings. I know you feel a way about Ye. I think that's one of his lines in one of his other albums, but... Check out the album. Just just check it out and see what you got going on with it. Um, I know people still feel a way about it, and there's something we're gonna talk about later on with him when we um when we head back over to the sick list. Um, because I need to talk about him and just I need to talk about the church in general, but we'll talk about that when we get to the sick list because the church is on the sick list this evening. Uh but yeah, I'm still vibing to that Kanye. Um I've been spending a lot of time with Tank's Elevation album, and I saw Tank um dang but y'all know i watch sister circle which (laughs) whatever but uh, which is a great show um but they had him on there one day this week and he was talking about his album and like you know it's kind of cool that um no matter how old you are or how old you get like people still have hopes and dreams and whatnot and his hope is like he wants to be able to give back like give someone the same opportunity that he um that he's had or whatever so but elevation is a great album it's a great album. Listen, um, when you're listening to Elevation, 
and uh for some odd reason i didn't know tank was married it's like i knew but i didn't um but i didn't i didn't know he was married or whatever i just always assumed like that he dated a lot or whatever and he was just really good about keeping his business to himself no shade and um but he's married and so like it's frustrating for me now listening to his music because tank really would get you in a place for like you know what i need to pick this phone up and call somebody um praise god but you can't do that you can't do that um but yeah check out tank's elevation album dude is consistent it's a whole vibe like normally normally i don't really fool with albums too tough where like the tempo is kind of the same or whatever but like it's it's a vibe like I, I can't really explain it to you but check out just check the album out even some of the um the um choices that he made as far as like people that he has on there like he has carvina jones on there she was on um she was on that show the four the, the four that was on fox uh great singer all of the features on there are great like he keith sweat is on there and he got a nasty falsetto out of keith sweat okay so check check the album out the features are great it's a whole vibe don't listen to it at daytime during the day though and if you if you one of them people that struggle with uh retrograde or whatever or you know you just got a problem in general or whatever don't listen to this late over in the midnight hour amen you're gonna be somewhere doing something with somebody that you don't really feel like being with and you're gonna regret it the next day all right um another album i'm still listening to still listening to is uh warren campbell warren campbell is erica campbell campbell's uh husband uh, you know erica and tina that's mary mary or whatever he has the whole my block family on that his label is called my block he's got the whole my block album on there this is another gospel album that you can check out so for you people who like i can't stand kanye i can't stand kanye but i need some good gospel um check out warren campbell's album i will tell you that he did work with Kanye on one of my favorite songs on the album, God is. Um, he worked with Kanye on on his album, um, but his album, Warren Campbell's album, is very very good. It's very diverse in terms of just um, musicianship and musicality, so it's, it doesn't sound like you know your typical church joints or whatever. But it's not so far out left where like I couldn't let my mama listen to it and she'd be like, oh, "Okay, that's nice," or whatever. Which is what my mom do, does like when I play her you know some of the stuff i'm listening to it kenny that's a little weird um another cat i've been checking out and i need to tweet this brother he's um he's one of my favorite florida state fans but it's a dude named uh tarif knockout tarif knockout he has an uh i guess it's an album ep called local rapper it's called local rapper i like this album because the music is dark the music is really dark but the lyrics are uplifting as a mug like like the music is dark but it's just like yeah i'm coming out you know what i'm saying and um you can tell that like dude it's on his grind the lyrics are solid the music is great like even though it's like i said it was dark but it's a good darkness you know there's such thing as like good darkness um or whatever so but yeah if you get a chance check this dude's album his name is tarif knockout and i was thinking about this dude because you know his album is called local rapper and there's a local rapper um well he's a few hours from me but still local enough but um a guy one of my favorite rappers um his name is jelani actually um his name is jelani i know this dude he made an album a year or so ago called 30 and broke um he made an album called 30 and broke great album 
great album. I'm still listening to it like daily. Um, especially like Eat Stack Football. That's like one of my joints. And he has another joint on there called Cam and Crazies. Um, but he dropped a single a little while ago called Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm is, is the QB for UGA. And um, if you need to get motivated, you trying to get a project done, or you just trying to just trying to move how you move, put on his joint, Jake Fromm. I think it's on it's on iTunes, it's on Apple and iTunes and whatnot. But that's pretty much all I'm listening to. I'm still vibing to Kanye, still vibing to uh, Tanks Elevation. I'm listening to Tarif Knockout, um, and I'm still listening to my homeboy Jelani, uh, his Thirty and Broke album, and Warren Campbell Campbell's My Block album. Um. The other, another thing I want to talk about as far as music is concerned, um, I want to talk about Thomas Dorsey. You say, who is Thomas Dorsey? Why, why are you talking about Thomas Dorsey? Thomas Dorsey is, by all accounts, considered the uh, father of, of gospel music. And he's considered the father of gospel music. Um, even if you're unchurched or you hate church or whatever, you know Thomas Dorsey. Why do I know Thomas Dorsey? You know Thomas Dorsey because Thomas Dorsey sings Precious Lord. That's right. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Let me stand. Some of y'all only know it because you heard Beyonce sing it. And then there are others of you that know it because you heard Legacy sing it in glory uh, or whatever. So either way, you've heard the song. And, you know, and I was thinking about this album because, uh, well, not the album, but Thomas Dorsey and Precious Lord. Um because gospel music and then just the gospel in general is like in a weird place but particularly gospel music right now like everybody's in uproar about it um to some extent um and i was thinking about it like the backstory behind thomas dorsey's um precious lord um and you're like why are you talking about this because i am but uh the backstory behind thomas dorsey's precious lord he wrote this song at probably like the the worst time of his life his wife was very, very sick. His wife was very, very sick, and she was pregnant with a child. And um, he, before he, there was a period in his life where, like, he was he was doing secular music, like blues and all that stuff or whatever. And then he started, like, his own publishing company and whatnot. He had a bunch of gospel acts and this, that, and the third. And he was supposed to go sing somewhere one night, and he did not want to go sing. Didn't want to go sing. But he went anyway because these people was looking, they was expecting him. And you know how black folk are, especially in church, when they're expecting you to be somewhere, they really don't care what you got going on until you tell them. And then they'd be like, oh, you shouldn't have came. But then they'd be like, I'm, I, he better have came because I blah, blah. You know, you know how we are. But anyway, um, Thomas Dorsey, Thomas Dorsey, um, while he was getting before he got ready to sing. He received a telegram, uh, basically, that said, your wife is dead, right before he got ready to sing to these people. And um, he went ahead and sang. He got back. Um, His wife had managed to give birth to the baby, but then shortly thereafter, the baby died. And so he buried his wife and uh, he buried his wife and the baby in the same casket. Now, of course, uh, Thomas Dorsey was like you and I, and he grieved terribly. Like, he grieved like nobody's business. And out of this grief, the song Precious Lord was born. And this is why I'm talking about this, because people are always talking about the sound of gospel music and 
who can do gospel music. Thomas Dorsey was a blues musician before he started doing uh, gospel music or whatever. Um, but like I said, he's the father of gospel music. And when he wrote Precious Lord, it came out of such, you know, a really dark, sad, sorrowful place for him. And at the time, there wasn't music out there that sounded like Precious Lord. When you get a minute, just Google the lyrics for Precious Lord. You know, we listen to people sing it, but I don't think we're really listening to like the words. All we get caught up in is that I'm tired, I'm weak, I'm worn, because all of us are tired, weak, and worn, especially sitting up under Trump's administration. But to God be the glory for the things he's going to do. But um, but yeah, it's it's it there wasn't anything out there at the time that sounded like that. And then it was like, well, what is this? Is this a hymn? Is this, you know, what is this? Or whatever. The point I'm trying to make is that the song wasn't well received. Um, it wasn't well received by the church. Uh, it wasn't. It just wasn't well received. And now, Precious Lord is like a staple of um, of gospel music. And if you can sing Precious Lord pretty decently, then you can sing. Like you can you can sing. You can get put on a few programs uh, on Sunday afternoons if you can sing Precious Lord a little bit. And um, I said all that to say that you never know. Um, it this this thing this story with Thomas Dorsey it always inspires me because you really just have to go with what you what you know and how you feel sometimes when it comes to like your own creativity and ideas that you have because Thomas could listen to these church folk and I'm telling you that they're they're where you low if you let them and I love the church I love Jesus more but I, you know I love the church. And um, but they'll wear you low if you let them. But Thomas Dorsey, he went with how he felt and he wrote about his experiences and whatnot. And so from that, we were able, you know, to to birth a new movement in uh, in gospel music or whatever. And I say that because Precious Lord is a sad song and it's it's one of them joints like it's really about you and and what you're going through and one of the articles that i read about kanye's album uh they were basically saying like well it's not celebratory of god it is it's more celebratory of kanye but if you think about most gospel music whoever wrote that article i think i saw it on pitchfork or something like that i'm not saying that that person doesn't listen to gospel music but i i'm almost sure that they're not listening to uh, gospel quartet music because them quartet joints is all full of I, me, and my joints over 12 bar blues. Okay, like I lost my I, I, I lost my job. Um, my daughter, my wife got sick. Um, I don't know where my help is gonna come from, but God's gonna make a way. Like that's basically quartet gospel in a nutshell, not totally, but most of it. Uh, especially the bad the bad gospel the bad quartet stuff but yeah like do what you do you know what i'm saying like if you got something that you want to do or no matter how different it is just just do it um be inspired by thomas dorsey um use your pain use your grief um to propel you to where you need to go all right now on a lighter note one of my favorite things to do in life um, is to rap one of Jay-Z's verses over any song. I 
I don't know if I ever told you guys this before, but like one of my favorite songs in life is Frontin' by Pharrell featuring Jay-Z, of course. And so, you know, Jay-Z got the verse in there. Every time your name is brought up, I would act all nonchalant. Yeah, I have this terrible habit where I will actually rap that song over any song. Like if there's room for it and it's in 4-4 and I can make it fit. 4-4 is the time signature, by the way. But yeah, if it's in 4-4 and I can make it fit. I stick that joint in there. And so I want to share with you tonight um, my latest creation of throwing fronting into a random song. I. Yo, we do do some fun. This is Back Frontin' by the OJs featuring Jay-Z. <laughs> Here we go. Every time your name was brought up, I would act on nonchalant in front of an audience. Like it was just another shot of y'all put the naughty on. But uh, truth be told, you threw me for a loop this whole I'm too old to be frontin' what I'm feeling. The zealot acting like you ain't appealing when you are. Stuntin' like you ain't my other girl when you are. I'm ready to stop when you are. Same. <laughs> Yo, that was crazy, right? Who knew? I did. That's why I did it. But yeah, so I've been wrestling with like what to call the sports segment on my podcast. And I thought about it. I thought about it. I thought about it. And I said, you know who one of my favorite sportscasters or sports analysts was? One of my favorite sportscasters was Stuart Scott. God bless him. Uh, he rest in peace. I used to watch ESPN faithfully because I wanted to be Stuart Scott. And Stuart Scott had this thing he would say all the time, like whenever somebody made a cool play, a cool play or whatever. He would say, like, so-and-so is as cool as the other side of the pillow. And so from now on, when we talk about sports, until I get sick of it or until, like, one of y'all is like, yo, bro, that's lame. Uh, whenever we get ready to talk about sports, that segment is going to be called The Other Side of the Pillow. All right. And um, on the other side of the pillow, I want to talk about Steph Curry real quick. So as most of you know, unless you're living under a rock, uh, Steph Curry broke his hand. He broke his hand. Um, he didn't break his shooting hand, which, you know, I'm thankful for that because that would have been like a whole nother issue in itself. Like he probably would have came back shooting like Markel Fultz, though, but he's doing OK from what I understand. And so they're saying that he should be back in three months. So it is November now. It's November now. That means eh, December, January, February sometime. He should be back now. Best case scenario for the Warriors even with Steph Curry, best case scenario was like them sneaking into the playoffs as like an eighth seed. And the only reason they were even going to sneak into the playoffs as, the, as an eighth seed is because whoever was was like sitting at seven and eight before them probably had like a slew of injuries or a bunch of random losses themselves. I just didn't, from what I've seen from the Warriors, it was already going to be a long year, but once them cats started playing, I'm going to say something else. Once them cats started playing, I said, oh, this is really going to be a long year. So we're going to see 
of who how faithful these Warriors fans are and how quickly that bandwagon that y'all got over there lightens up. No shade. Okay, it was shade. But yeah, so my question, my question, my question is, and I'm gonna ask it and I'm gonna answer it, is should Steph Curry even bother with coming back? Okay? Hands his hands gonna be broken. By the time he comes back, I wouldn't be surprised if because if they if Golden State has 15 wins, I'm probably being mean when I say that, but I wouldn't be surprised if they send like on 15 wins. So I'm just like, should he even bother to play? Because like at this point, they tanking for two or like the like these NFL teams are um, pretty much. I don't think he should play. I don't think he should play. Um, and here's why. Here's why I don't think he should play. I don't know if anybody's paid attention to this or not, but Golden State, yeah, their track record with dealing with players coming back from injury, to me, it's not good. There's Kevin Durant, who's now in Brooklyn, still not playing this year. They got Klay Thompson, who's probably not going to play this year. Um, Andrew Iguodala, he, he made some comments about how Golden State treated his injuries a couple of years ago when they were making another one of their finals runs. And, of course, he's not playing with them anymore because they was like, bruh, wait a minute. You talk too much, so we're just going to ship you on away from here or whatever. So I don't think Steph Curry should play this year. And I know people want to see him, and I know it's like, well, who is going to score? Honestly, that should not be Steph Curry's problem. He's done enough for that franchise. Um, I would hate for him to come back and him be a shell of himself and then trying to carry a team that isn't going anywhere. Number one, dude is barely taller than me, probably only outweighs me by like, by like 20 pounds. Ain't no need of him carrying around dead weight on a hand that probably won't even be fully healed yet. It'll just be healed enough to play basketball. Okay. A little basketball. So I don't think he should play. And one of the things that's really starting to bug me is like how how these athletes are being treated when it comes to their injuries. I was watching the 49ers play and they got they just got problems over there in the Bay. But God, God bless them over there. Um, I was watching Greg Kittle play because I like the Niners. I do like the Niners. I was watching him play and dude is a beast. Dude is great. But dude was struggling the other night like he had some kind of knee injury or something and he was just trying to play through it and i'm like dude like i love the game but i need you to love your life more and that's just not even in life uh in sports but in life in general like i love the game but you gotta love your life more like if you get hurt right now this team is gonna go on just like if you if you get fired from your job they're gonna replace you okay and if they can find somebody better and cheaper they're going to get rid of you. I want Greg Kittle to get well. And I want him to be fully well. And I think, I don't know if San Francisco got a buy coming up soon or not, but I want him to get well. I want all the sick players to get well. I want Patrick Mahomes to be fully healed before he comes back. Because I don't want him to go through an RG3 situation or whatever. Um, I, Like, it just has to be a better way for these athletes to not feel so much pressure to come back and play and if you're coming back for these fans let me tell you something most of these fans you coming back to you trying to get back to and, and impress them and stuff like that and you got your fantasy football and fantasy basketball and stuff like that these cats ain't stand you okay some of them skipping work all right so steph curry i'm gonna encourage you 
I'm going to encourage you to stay home. When you get well, you still stay home. Play with your children. All right. And come back next season. Ain't no need. Like, the team isn't going anywhere. Let Draymond do it. Like, this would be a great time for Draymond. Because Dray, I think Draymond got a contract year anyway. So let Draymond do it and prove to the Warriors that he is worth his weight in gold. All right. I said something there. At least it feels like I did. But yeah, let Draymond do the work. Let um whoever else is on that roster, because y'all do have one of the youngest teams in the league. So this is a great time for y'all to just run through, catch these L's, but develop your players. All right? Develop your players. And then next season, um, you can come back and be fully strong or whatever. If the Lakers win, the, end up winning the championship, you can talk trash about how, yeah, you know, they, they only got it because Curry was out. Use this, use this wisely. Use it to your advantage or whatever. So have a seat, Curry. Go go over there to Clay House and, and y'all play video. Well, you can't play video games yet, I don't think. But yeah, go to Clay House. Watch him play video games. Y'all swing by LeBron House and, and have Taco Tuesday every night or something. But don't play. Don't play. Play around. But don't play basketball this season. All right? Um, speaking of basketball... It's about time for college basketball to start. I'm going to be on y'all nerves because I'm a huge Kentucky Wildcat fan. I know you like, but I thought you loved Georgia. I do love Georgia during football season. When basketball season rolls around because I'm faithful to the SEC, um, I'm a Kentucky fan. I've been a Kentucky Wildcat fan since the early 90s. Uh, I remember as far back as 1992 rooting for Kentucky. Um, I was rooting for Rick Pitino before Rick Pitino became the Rick Pitino we know today, i.e. The, the scammer or whatever. But I used to root for guys like Tony Delk and 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 what's that guy's name? Antoine Walker. All of those guys like those were my those were my dudes. Gerald Fitch. I'm calling out names because he was from Macon. Um, Gerald Fitch. All of those guys. Tubby Smith Jr. Tubby's son. Tubby Smith Jr., whatever his name was, he had the funky hair, kind of like a cockatoo. Where is he at these days? But yeah, my Wildcats are ranked fourth or second. They're ranked second, I believe. Um, second in the country, and I'm just expecting great things. What I'm really expecting, though, is um, because I love the non-conference part of the of the season, especially for my HBCUs. You know, I love my you know I love my black colleges and universities. So last year. Texas Southern out of the swag. They upset Oregon, Texas A&M, and Baylor. Like, they was basically, like, running Texas low-key. I, I wish they would play. I don't know if they played the other Texas schools. But, yeah. Um, they upset, like, three schools from major conferences or whatever. So, they took they took out one in the Pac-12. They took out one in the SEC. And then they took out one in the, uh, in the Big 12. And I'm challenging these HBCU uh, basketball squads to we need more Texas Southerns. And I don't know if Texas Southern going to be the same, you know, uh, team as they was last year or whatever. But I want you guys to start really making these guys earn earn these W's like and take some of these like this should be our sport. Like I know they might can out out recruit us during football season because they got the facilities and stuff like that but basketball is the one sport where like either you got the skill or you don't and i encourage i know it's hard 
I know it's hard because you want to play for a national championship and stuff like that. But I'm really encouraging these basketball players because it's going to be hard to, to change the, the landscape of that with football. But I'm encouraging these basketball players. Start looking at these HBCUs. All right? You need the experience in life anyway. You need it. Like Everybody needs to go to an HBCU. Even white people, like white people should go to HBCUs too, just so they can see what it's like to like actually have to work for something. No shade, because I know some of y'all work, but it's a certain type of white people that need to go so they can be like, oh, so this is what it's like. Yes, beloved, this, this is what it's like. Okay. Um, this is what it's like, but yeah. So in the, uh, SIAC, there was, you know, I was telling you guys last week about Fort Valley uh, Albany State and Savannah State, how they were tied for first. So what ended up happening was Albany lost to Savannah State. And then this past, this week uh, here that I'm talking to you now, um, Savannah State messed around and they blew out Fort Valley. And I'm like, Fort Valley, baby, did you show up? Like, you know, what happened? Um, so Fort Savannah State is sitting in first place. And then one of my favorite games of the year, the Fountain City Classic between Albany State and Fort Valley State is next week. That's uh, November 9th or 10th, I believe, November 10th. And um, that game's going to be played. Uh, it's the 9th. It's the 9th, dude. November 9th. That game's going to be played in Columbus, Georgia. Um, I got to check and see what's going on because they're both they're both they both have one loss in the um, conference. But Savannah State actually just dropped down from uh the MEAC. So they dropped down to Division Two. And I need to find out if they're actually eligible to play for the championship game because if not, this classic is gonna be for the representative for the East Division. Alright, so I'll you know I'll tell you or whatever. Georgia beat Florida. I needed Georgia to blow out Florida, but we'll take a 24-17 victory any day of the week over um over florida i don't think it's going to be enough to like uh skyrocket them back into like at least the fourth spot but at the very least they'll probably flip-flop with uh with florida in the poll the real question though the real question though i have is 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 lsu really number one um i like lsu i've watched a lot of lsu and they look good but in my humble opinion you know we say humble in the church we don't use the h Unless we're saying humility, and we really need to talk about that. We, there needs to be a coming together about why we say humble but not humility. We say humility instead. But yeah, I don't believe that LSU is really the number one team in the country. I think they're number two. Um, we well, we about to find out actually because LSU and Alabama are playing um, this week coming up. But I really believe that Ohio State is the best team in the country right now. I'm not a huge fan of Big Ten football. I'm not really a fan of Ohio State football in particular. For me, it's just always appeared to be very slow and not entertaining. But this version of Ohio State Buckeye football is really, really good. These cats are fun to watch on both sides of the ball. They have been impressive. They have been kicking people's butts. Um... Yeah, they've been kicking people's tails. Um, even teams that we thought was like going to give them a run for their money, like Wisconsin, handled them like they were a cupcake. Okay, and so with that, I just believe that Ohio State is the best team in the country until proven otherwise. I think that they should be ranked number one instead of LSU. Um, 
I also think that Clemson, even if they win the ACC, and I know this is going to sound mean, and somebody going to be like, what are you talking about, you idiot? But I don't think Clemson, even if they win the ACC, should be given a playoff spot. I'll take a one loss. <laughs> and I know somebody's going to be like, wait, that's because you want Georgia to go. I do want Georgia to go to the, to the playoff. But I, I do believe that a one loss Georgia team is better than an undefeated Clemson. I believe that a one loss Alabama team, even though they schedule rivals, um, rivals Clemson to a certain extent or whatever. I think a one loss Alabama team is better than Clemson with no losses i think a one loss lsu team is better than clemson i think a one loss oklahoma is better than clemson and even by chance if ohio state manages to slip up and lose to somebody somewhere i think a one loss ohio state is better than clemson I borderline, and I'm pushing it here. I'm pushing it here. I know it. I know I am. But I borderline think that there are several two-loss teams that are better than Clemson. And I'll venture to say that this is the year where if I'm in the Pac-12 and I'm Oregon or Utah, I hope y'all won y'all game while I'm hyping y'all up, uh, Utah. But if I'm Oregon or Utah and I'm coming in with one loss, I, you know what? You need to pick me over Clemson because the ACC over there is so weak. Like, it's not even funny. And as somebody who loves Florida State, like, this has just been painful to watch. But Clemson hasn't played anybody. Um, and it's like week seven or eight of the year, and you're playing Wofford. You could have stayed home and ate, and ate waffle fries instead of playing Wofford. Like, what were you thinking? What were you thinking scheduling them? And this is why I feel like there should be like there should be like a random week left off of everybody's schedule where teams like Clemson and Alabama, who are notorious for playing weak schedules, are forced to play another ranked opponent who has an off week or something like that. Like let Alabama play Boise State or something because Boise State needs a game against a ranked opponent, even if they you know they're gonna lose it, but still like give them the opportunity or. Or somebody like Oregon. Let Oregon play Alabama and prove that, you know, they're worthy of a bid. Baylor over there is um, doing their thug thizzle or whatever. Let Baylor play Clemson because I low-key think Baylor is better than Clemson. Um, now, to some, I will admit that I'm not really a big Clemson fan, but nonetheless, Jesus saves. Okay? But I think a one-loss Baylor team <laughs> is better um, than an undefeated Clemson. I do a lot of fantasy football, and I'm about to leave, we're about to leave the other side of the pillow and actually go back to the other side of the pillow. I do a lot of fantasy football, and everything I'm reading, they're saying, these analysts are saying that you need to pick players that are on losing teams if you're trying to make a push to the playoffs, okay? They're saying you need to pick players on losing teams. The logic is, is that these teams are going to have a lot of garbage time, especially like the quarterbacks and receivers. And if they're playing somebody who's definitely going to the playoffs, these teams are going to lay off and there's going to be a lot of garbage time and garbage yardage uh, and garbage touchdowns and stuff like that for guys that are on losing teams to um, to rack up. So I got like Tyler Boyd on one of my teams. She's a wide receiver for the uh, 
Cincinnati Bengals who are like owing forever right now. And I was going to get rid of him, but I'm going to listen to these people and see if they know what they're talking about. And if they don't, I'm going to come back and tell you and be like, yo, go for what you know. Um, I want everybody to hold hands and pray with me real quick because I've been having quarterback issues with all of my squads. Um, I'm about to do something crazy this week. I, I, I've been holding him out on my bench and I've been paying for it. Um, I'm about to start Gartner Minshew because I got Minshew mania, but I've been hiding it. Uh, but I'm about to start him on one of my teams this week and see how that goes. But Carson Wentz, guys like Carson Wentz. Um, Kyler Murray had a good game Thursday, low key, but him and, 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 and Wentz and, uh, even Tom Brady, these guys, they're not really producing. They're not really producing. And that, I, I think that's why these analysts are saying like, yo, go get, you know, somebody that's on a losing team or whatever. Get those guys. Cause they're going to have lots of garbage time and they're just going to rack up random yards, especially the wide receivers or whatever. But, um. We're going to see how it goes. And if it don't go, I'm going to go on with my life because I'm determined to make the playoffs, even though one of the squads is just not, it's not possible at all. Like everybody would have to drop dead uh, with one of my teams in order for me to make the playoffs. I've never sucked like that before. Don't put, take that out of context. I've never been that bad before because y'all are crazy. But anyway, um, yeah, this has been the other side of the pillow. Um with your boy and we're gonna move on to one of my favorite spots in the show the sick list all right so yeah it's time for my favorite part of the show which is the sick list um where some of the stuff is sick, sickening, and some of it's sickness, okay? I know somebody's like, you shuffle this lineup around with this show like every week. And listen, one of y'all got a mama that's shuffling wigs and men in and out of your life. And you know what? Both of y'all are doing just fine. So you'll deal accordingly. Moving right along into the sick list, one of the things I'm sick of is I'm sick of people who jump from one relationship to the next. And I can't really talk about stuff like this in church. This is the stuff I really be wanting to talk about, okay? But people who jump from one relationship to the next. Listen, if you're you're in a relationship and you get out of a relationship and then you get back into another relationship, my hope going forward for you who do who, who's doing this is that it doesn't work out and here's why when you leave one situation to go into a next your mind your body um especially if your body was involved praise god your body your, your spirit your everything your routine it, it goes through a reset you need to start over all right and especially if the relationship ended badly you need to sit and just meditate on that thing why did this go bad for me if you cheated amen in your last relationship and you're in and you're thinking about getting into another relationship you need to take a minute and think like aretha if this is what you need to be doing um are you really relationship oriented are you relationship material um are you ready to um to be quote unquote committed because if you cheated you weren't really committed committed in the first place but you need to think about this thing i worry about people who every time you turn around they got a new boyfriend, a new girlfriend, a new pet, a new something. Like, what is going on? Why is nothing ever the same with you when it comes to your the, the men and women that are in your life? Like, 
Stop jumping from one relationship to the next. Relate with yourself. Okay, do that. Do that. People who jump from one relationship to the next, these people are not only afraid to be alone, but they're afraid to be with themselves. Like, and you gotta like you. And that's one of the reasons that I will say probably that your relationships aren't working out. It's because you don't even like you and you want somebody else to like you and you're crazy. I don't think so. And then you go into this new relationship. Um, dealing with issues from the past relationship and so every time you jump from one relationship into the next you bring in baggage you just bring in baggage over from one place to the next and then you're gonna run into a brother like me and i'm gonna stop you and be like yo you're a bag lady and i'm not gonna help you carry these bags i'm gonna put you back on the bus and i'm gonna send you back to where you came from and really where you need to go is you need to go home like annalise keating does on how to get away with murder now sometimes she just go home and get herself together although here lately she's been going to rehab and uh, that's a good look too some of y'all might need to go to like relationship rehab or something um the other the next thing on the sick list um not only people who jump from one relationship to the next but people who always talk about being in a relationship okay the only thing worse than jumping from one relationship to the next all right is always talking about being in a relationship these people i worry about these people too because they don't necessarily say it but they give the impression that they feel like their life is going to be better if they're in a relationship and i know some people feel like and i i felt like this in times past that i'm a better person um when i'm in a relationship and to some extent i am because i'm consistently thinking about um someone else or whatever and that's cool but to spend your time always talking about being in a relationship and then when you have the opportunity to be in one you just like uh-uh this did mm-mm. i don't know about this like now you got all these questions comments and concerns and prayer requests about it but and i think also with these people that they're more enamored with the idea of being in a relationship than actually being in a relationship let me say this one more time these type of people who talk consistently talk about being in a relationship are more enamored with the idea of being in a relationship than actually being in a relationship and i won't go as far as to say that they don't have a clue as what it's like to be in a relationship but they don't know i think the real issue is is that they don't know who they are um in a relationship uh, they don't know what they're bringing to the table some in some instances because some of them do know what they're bringing but then also i just think some of the ideas that you have these type of people have about relationships they're just it's almost like you're a temptation because it's just your imagination running away with you all right i like being in a relationship when the opportunity presents itself to me i think it's a good look for me um but the one person that i always want to make sure that i'm relating to is myself and if i'm not in a, in a state where i'm not relating to me like me and me me and myself and i we not working out then no one else deserves to have to deal with that kind of foolishness where i'm trying to figure out what's going on with me i'll make you wait your whole life and you'll be on your deathbed and I'll be done just not figured out my life and be like, you know what? I'm ready to be in a relationship now. 
And I know you'll probably be like, well, this is unfortunate because I'm about to die. But at least I took the time to do the work to make sure that I was where I needed to be at. Speaking of things being where they need to be at, the next thing on the sick list, and I'm just sick of this, period. Um, basketball wives. I hope they don't bring that show back. And, you know, I love my black shows and whatnot. But basketball wives, y'all did a whole lot. And I'm, I don't Now I must preface what I'm about to say by saying that I don't really watch this show that much. <laughs> to be honest, even with this season, I watched maybe like an episode here, an episode there. Most of the stuff that I watched was like clips or whatever on like social media. And then I would go and like watch the episode to make sure I'm catching everything in full context. Speaking of full context, learn how to read your Bible in full context as well. Don't just be pulling these verses out. Read the whole paragraph, the pericope, as we like to say. Um, read, get it, get the story in full context so that you can meditate on it in the fullness thereof. Amen. But so I would go and check this out. I'm like, oh, this isn't, this isn't good. This isn't, this isn't good. They had a lot of things going on. I'm not going to delve too much into this because I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because it's not worth it. But, um, and I'm going to talk about this later on too, but there's a spirit. <laughs> How about I tell my boat that looming over that show. That's just not good. And I know those girls can sit there and say that like, well, you know, this is a sisterhood. Uh-uh. You got to tell me a better lie than that. Y'all girls on that show, like y'all girls on Basketball Wives, y'all really don't like each other. Like on the show or off the show, you all are tolerating each other. That whole situation is toxic. Um, and even though Shawnee O'Neal is historically anyway has quote unquote been the 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 nice one or the more sensible one. <sighs> the truth of the matter is and i'm taking a deep breath because i don't really want to have to say this but it's just the truth the truth of the matter is, is that she might be the worst person on that show because she's hiding a lot and you know at least with jackie you know what you're getting um even with that og chick like people had issues with og i ain't had no problem with og og told you where she was coming from she told you what she wanted you to know and then she was a smart chick um, and y'all couldn't take it because sis was sensible. Amen. Um, even Evelyn is a bit much and Evelyn, you know, there are girls on that show who are just on, they're on there because the money they were getting from the, the men that they were married to, you know, they trying to just keep that, maintain that lifestyle and, but you're going through a whole lot for this, and it's just not worth it. I used to be a huge Malaysia fan, but I sat there, I sat there looking at that reunion, and I just looked at her, and I'm like, sis, ain't, she's not well. She's not well, and I ain't saying there's nothing wrong with her physically. She still looks good, although it looks like she had some work done, but, I mean, it looks okay. But sis, sis, is she got some anger. Just I looked down, like, I was looking at her, I was like, this girl is angry. Like she's angry and everything that comes out of her mouth is just like it's fire and i'm like lord this this ain't it this ain't the way this is not it and um uh, i want better for them and the only the best thing for them to do is to cancel the show we don't need any basketball wives we don't we don't need this it's it's not a good look and i know somebody's like what about the other shows like housewives and 
and da 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 da. At least with like housewives and married to medicine, like married to medicine, I know what Quad and Mariah stand with each other or whatever. Like that ain't changing or whatever. But it's still like okay, we can work together. We can we can work together. Like we can we can figure out a way to make this work. Well, both of us are not on this TV acting a fool every week. Um, even with housewives those girls they fall out but they find a way to come back together and sometimes it takes them a season amen like it take you a season sometimes to get yourself together but at least i feel like you know what these girls like each other off camera when i look at this cast on basketball wives i don't get a sense that those girls like each other i think they just trying to collect the best check they can without actually having to go and get a real job like normal people and um it's not worth it Cancel the show, VH1. Cancel the show. And Mark Lamont Hill, you one of the coolest brothers I know. Don't waste your time with that. Like, I'd rather you come to the country and hang out with me before you sit up on that TV screen with those girls down there to that to that studio uh, talking foolishness. Okay? Like, no. Don't do that. Okay? <laughs> I expect more from you. I look, I look up to you, Mark Lamont Hill. And when I watch you on that show, I watch you do those reunions, moderating and stuff. And I know sometimes, because I'm guilty of this too, I know sometimes we just want to do something cool. This ain't it. This ain't it, Mark Lamont Hill. I just, you know, like, this is not it. Do something else. Um, Do something else. This, this ain't it. Start a podcast. Well, you got one, I believe. But yeah, do that. But don't don't do basketball wives. You don't need that. See if Andy will let you host the Real Housewives reunion. You can do that. Basketball wives, you let somebody else handle that. Let them pull a nobody off the street. Don't not me, but somebody else that has time for that kind of foolishness. Speaking of foolishness, um, another thing on the sick list is you know it's that time of year, um, and I want I want all of us to really be in prayer about this because it's becoming every year it's becoming an academic an, an epidemic did i say that right we'll we'll find out when we uh listen to it later but it's becoming an epidemic you people you people and you know who you are that these people are on the sick list okay and it's because this is this is sickening and it, it is a sickness of the worst type you people who experiment with macaroni and cheese stop doing that mess i'm lord i had to hold my tongue stop don't listen it's 2019 it's another holiday season that's about to roll in mariah carey is about to make all of her money don't be out here in mariah carey season experimenting with the macaroni and cheese okay don't put your raisins in it karen listen and some of you black people out here experimenting too using your cheap cheeses and stuff i don't want to see any raisins in the macaroni and cheese i don't want to see any carrots in the macaroni and cheese i don't want to see any peas um i don't want to see any of that stuff if it's not like bacon crumbles because i love bacon um if it if, if it's not shrimp if it's not lobster mac and cheese don't don't get out here doing that if if you don't know what you're doing okay Find somebody's auntie, grandmama, sister, baby friend, or whatever. Let them make your macaroni and cheese. I don't even really want... Listen, 
I'd rather you go get some Kraft macaroni and cheese before you get out here experimenting with it. And my concern is that my concern is that now that y'all done got hip to like stuff like shea butter and, and coconut oil, like there's going to be a white woman out here who's going to be like, yeah, this is my this is my shea butter mac and cheese. Sis, if you don't get somewhere and sit down with this killer, this killer combo that you done put together, like, please, please spare us. I'm begging you. Don't play with the macaroni and cheese this year. This stuff y'all been doing. And this is how I know grandmothers ain't what they used to be because they would have stopped all of this. Our grandmothers are mourning because of the mess that you all are making of macaroni and cheese. If you don't know what you're doing, if you got a basic recipe that get, just gives me macaroni and cheese, then you give me that, okay? And make sure it ain't soupy, all right? Make sure it ain't soupy, but then make sure it ain't too hard. Like, don't let it crust, crust over too much, all right? Stop playing with the macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese ain't never did nothing to nobody. And also, let me just say this, too. I want to help somebody this evening. Macaroni and cheese is not a meal, all right? It's a side. It's a healthy side, all right? And even if you decide to put, like, shrimp or lobster in it, and if you don't know what you're doing with that, don't do it, all right? It's because it's not pasta salad, all right? But if you don't know what you're doing with it, you leave it alone and you stick to your stick to the rivers and the mac and cheese that you're used to, okay? We don't want it. And another thing we don't want, ABC, we don't want Meghan McCain on The View. We're tired of viewing Megan McCain on the view. Let me tell you why we don't want. I don't want. Let me specify this. I don't want Megan McCain on the view. And I know somebody's like, bro, you watch a lot of women's shows. Yes, because I like to hear women talk because women know what they be talking about. And I know that was bad English, but they do know what they be talking about. OK, they know what they're talking about. And I don't I don't want Megan McCain on the view because I'm tired of the elders having to get her together. Who are the elders? Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar. And she going to mess around one day and Joy going to get up from that seat and she going to swing and Megan McCain going to see a new heaven and a new earth. OK, so I, I'm sure you all have seen the clip um, of Megan's latest meltdown where um you know, Whoopi was doing her moderator bit where she was trying to get everybody to calm down. And she was like, you know, we're doing that thing that we do. She was being inclusive because Whoopi don't be in that foolishness with them uh, that we do. And they're like, what's, what's, what's the thing, Megan? What's the thing? The thing where, well, where we talk over each other. OK, and that is a problem that they have on there. I don't really see that problem too much on any of the other shows that have a similar setup like that. Most of the time, these women are making space for each other because everybody's getting paid to be heard. Amen. And that's what she said, you know, to some extent, you know, I'm trying to, when I'm trying to get everybody to quiet down is so you can be heard. Not because I don't want to hear what you got to say, which we don't want to hear what you have to say, Megan. But my problem with you, Megan, my problem with you, Megan, and I, I, I tweeted about this. My problem with you is not that you're white, or that you're a white woman. Um, my problem with you, Megan, is not that you're a Republican or that you're even a conservative Republican. My problem with you is not even that you're loud. Like, I don't have a problem with, with you being loud. My problem with you, Megan McCain, is that you're mean-spirited. If you if you don't know what it means to, like, like, sometimes we just think people are mean or they're rude or whatever. No, sometimes some people are just mean. They're just mean spirited. And if you need a, a, a picture or a dictionary definition or whatever of what it sounds like and looks like to be mean spirited, 
then just watch Megan McCain. There's another clip of her where she was uh, she was rude to Cory Booker. Um, and and it's just and I know he he's a potato head and whatnot, and he looks funny in blue jeans or whatever. But you know he's a good guy for the most part, from what I can see anyway. He's a good guy, and um, but Megan McCain is just mean spirited. Like when she's talking, it's kind of like when I was talking about Malaysia, because she's mean spirited too. When she's talking, it's just non-stop snarkiness even when she's laughing it sounds unhappy she looks un there's like she looks uneasy in her shoulders like she just i'm not gonna talk about how she looks but the way she presents herself it just looks like she's holding the weight of the world on her shoulders because she's mad about something and i don't know what she's mad at i don't know if she's mad at you know what because i know she loves her country and apparently she loves her guns too but you know i don't know if she's mad about the state this country is in as far as like her views as a conservative republican allegedly um if she's mad you know if the way she's handling her grief is through anger or whatever but that's an angry little white woman and one day she's gonna meet her match and she almost met her maker with whoopi goldberg because she retorted back you know, when Whoopi said, you know, we're trying to make space for you. And she was like, well, this is the view. And Whoopi switched that chair around and she looked at the audience because there was some dumb women in the audience. No disrespect um, to women, because I'm not saying you're dumb. But there was some women in that audience who were dumb enough to clap at what Meghan McCain said, thinking it was funny. It wasn't funny. It was a cuss word that went there. Praise God. He working on me. But um, that mess wasn't funny. Well, she said, well, this is the view. Well, view me, view Whoopi whooping your tail. View that. Whoopi looked at those people in the audience, and then she looked at Megan and said, well, let me tell you something about a view. What you don't want to ever experience in life, praise God, is a black woman telling you about the view. Because if anybody has seen anything, if anybody has experienced anything, if anybody has been shown anything, if anybody has lived through anything, it's a black woman with a point of view, okay? View the world from the point of a black woman and you'll change your way of thinking about some of the things that you're thinking about. I just said thinking a whole lot, but you get the point. Um, you don't want a black woman telling you about the view, okay? <laughs> you'll get, you You too will see a new heaven and a new earth. And Megan, you know, she looked shook. My favorite part of that though was Sunny Hostin. I love Sunny. Sunny's like, I love Sunny. Like, she brightens my day. No pun intended. But um, Sunny sipped her tea and said, Ooh, this ain't gonna go well. And so she just sipped her tea and uh, sipped her tea, sipped her tea and let Megan give uh, and let Megan receive a lesson on how the view works. Because, sis, you're new. But we don't want you on the view. There has to be ABC, ABC. There has to be another pale white conservative republican woman that you all can get to put on that show because we need that point of view uh that you all can get to put on that show that is not mean-spirited you and I, I think that's that's the problem uh, and maybe somebody's saying well maybe for her the view is mean okay but she don't have to be mean-spirited about it like that's a problem megan is somebody like you probably if being friends with her means that you have to cuss her out probably once or twice a week you have to break she one of them people like you have to plan 
spiritually on being around her, like lord i gotta be around megan today i can just imagine what that's like coming to work with her i i couldn't do it i'd have to box her and i know this is probably a little aggressive like why are you talking like this but megan just excuse me she rubs me raw like and it's just mm -mm, it's not it's not good she does not need to be on that show her view isn't even worth viewing like she has something to say but it just doesn't sound like anything and it, at the end of the day she's just trying too hard and she thinks this mean girl bit listen that's one regina george and even that that shawty got hit by a school bus at some point so that it's not a good look it's not a good look all right speaking of what else isn't a good look overstanding what is overstanding you people who can't take people feeling away about Nicki Minaj or Beyonce or the the new girl money it's just it's crazy I saw earlier this week this guy he said something about Nicki Minaj and next thing I know he's on the timeline talking about people out here sending him death threats they done found his phone number um he has his own business they out here uh <laughs> leaving bad reviews about this man's business like you're trying to ruin somebody's livelihood over somebody else somebody that don't even know you somebody that you are a stranger to like it doesn't make any sense you can stand right next to uh you can stand right next to Nicki Minaj she wouldn't know know who you were I had a smaller not as dramatic incident happened with me i i had made a comment about one of normani's costumes and i said all i said was that it looked the costume she had on it looked like she danced for essence in the early 2000s all right and somebody sent me a picture saying well here's the whole thing and in my head i was like i didn't need the whole picture like i saw it obviously i saw the picture because i'm commenting about it and um i went and checked and i said sure enough this is one of one of these normaniacs um and if i don't know if that's what she calls her fans or not but if not like normani needs to pay me for that because that sounds dope to me she needs to call her fans normaniacs but uh but yeah they sent me a picture as if i didn't see the first picture well here's where she got it from beloved i don't care where she got it from they, the costume looked like she danced for Essence. And so, and I was like, there's no need of me even getting into this because obviously this person don't know anything about HBCU band culture. Because if you did, you'd know Essence is the dance line for Clark Atlanta, uh, Clark Atlanta University's band. And back in the day, uh, back in the early 2000s, Essence, Clark Atlanta's dance line, they set the standard for uniform. So I was low key paying you, paying your little black excellence compliment, low key or whatever. But you know it is what it is and people are crazy and that's why you need a personal relationship um with god because people don't have the word without to mind their own business so the least you can do is mind your own okay um i think that's all i got on the sick list this evening if there are some things that you are sick of like i told you earlier feel free to leave me a message at anchor.fm backslash the benediction backslash uh message you can also hit me up on twitter at brody bowtie you can hit me up on instagram at brody bowtie uh you can hit me up on uh you can email me if you want to uh brody bro, uh, brody bowtie at gmail.com um but i really love for you guys to message me um using the anchor setup because i'm trying to get that implemented 
onto the good cast, all right? Um, anything else? Do I have any other questions, comments, or concerns before we dismiss? Uh, I think that's it, guys. I think that's it. Well, if nothing else, um, let's stretch out your hand. Let's get this good benediction, all right? But first, let's say grace. And this is grace for the evening. Mind your business, mind your ways, mind your mouth so you can save your face. Now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling into other folks' business so that you can stay on purpose, who can present you as flawless before anyone foolishly focused enough to make you their enemy or frenemy, to him who is able to make the beat knock and your melanin pop, to him who is able to make your cup run over and your account abound, to the one who sustains black girl magic and black boy joy in white spaces, places, and faces to the god who made us in his image or there's no way you could possibly be ugly may your life be filled with his glory honor majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen this is the benediction with brody bowtie and we out